I'm Grace. Hello, brother. I'm Stephanie. And welcome to Doppelgangers. Today, we are going to be discussing season one, episode five of The Vampire Diaries, which is called You're Undead to Me. Stephanie, thoughts on this episode title? I thought it was a cute title, mostly because it did really connect to what happened in the episode that Stefan and Elena really reconciled. He is undead to her and he is also undead. So it's kind of a a multiple, multiple layers there. Really deep meaning. So I'll read the episode synopsis, of course, from Vampire Diaries Wiki, the best resource for Vampire Diaries information. Stefan is hopeful that his plan to get rid of Damon is working. Elena and Jenna are concerned about Jeremy's relationship with Vicky. Stefan decides to reveal parts of his past to Elena. At a fundraising car wash, Bonnie is surprised by abilities she didn't know she possessed and seeks advice from her grandmother. Finally, Elena hears a disturbing story that took place in the 1950s about the Salvatore family from a stranger, which gives Elena more doubts about Stefan. Pretty accurate. I will say Elena and Jenna were not concerned about Jeremy dating Vicky. They saw her in the bathroom and said, okay. Yeah, Jeremy was more concerned about Jeremy dating Vicky. (laughs) Yeah, so that I do take issue with that section, but the rest of it on point. But we'll get there. We open at the Salvatore house. Stefan goes down to the basement, to the dungeon, to go visit Damon. Damon lets it slip that he does not have his daylight ring. And we also learn that he's been down there for three days without his daylight ring. And Stefan basically explains, with the help of Damon, what will happen to a vampire who doesn't feed on blood, which is obviously what Stefan's setting Damon up for. Basically, he's going to lose all his strength. He's going to get weaker and weaker until he can't move or speak. And he, after a little while, will desiccate. And he'll basically be a living corpse. And then Stefan's going to move him to the family crypt for 50 years, and then they'll reevaluate. And that is just goofy that Damon is basically going to be what I understood living corpse as is that he'll still be able to like think and sit there for a while, but he'll just not be able to move and be just sitting in the crypt for like 50 years. Like if you're immortal, 50 years is not that long, but still. I'm not sure how much thinking they do because I mean, this isn't a spoiler, but we'll see versions of this happen over the course of the series to different vampires. And it kind of seems like they were just hanging out like, Like a hibernation. Yeah, like they were kind of asleep, but maybe they thought, but none of them really like ever discuss like the thoughts they were having in my recollection. I guess calling him a living corpse is also weird because aren't they technically living corpses as is if they're vampires? Like they're not alive. Well, yeah, but they're undead, like the episode title suggests, but I wouldn't call what they are right now a corpse. I guess that's true. Because, you know, they're moving, they're talking, they're walking, they're doing their business. And they're not like cold and and shit yeah exactly i don't know but either way that's what awaits damon doesn't sound good yeah that's if stefan's plan works out which i guess we'll see it doesn't take a genius to guess that it won't work out Mm -hmm. it's episode five it's unlikely one of the brothers will be dead this fast but we'll see so then we cut over to the gilbert house elena is waking up she looks at her diary she looks away and then she goes to the bathroom where vicky is brushing her teeth yeah, Vicky's just hanging out. She says, hey, girl, you want to use it? And Elena's like, OK, no, exactly. For <laughs> someone who is so worried about getting caught with her brother, she is now like shouting it from the rooftops. Yeah, she very quickly turned around on this. Vicky really is a roller coaster of a person, which, you know, maybe due to all the drugs she's taking. Yeah. Vicky hops back into bed with Jeremy and they seem really happy. Good for them. A happiness that we will soon see is fleeting. Yeah. But for this moment, they are happy. And Elena immediately goes down and snitches to Jenna, who's aware of it. Jenna's like, whatever. I wish he was a little more secretive, but good for him. Which, you know what? 
Thanks, Jenna. He does need a break. Let him have a girlfriend. I, you know, and I wish they had that reaction to the weed, but I think they might think it's keeping it out of trouble in some way. It's clearly not, but it's something else for him to do. They do think maybe that it's a replacement for the drugs. Jenna proves that her judgment is not sound because she says she's going out with Logan. <laughs> you know, she really spent all that time being like, oh, I'm going to make him grovel. And then she says she's going out, she's, but I'm just going to make him suffer. Okay, bitch, if you want to have sex with him, just do it. Like, stop pretending that you won't. Yeah, and if you wanted to make him suffer, you wouldn't go out to dinner with him. You would just not talk to him. But yeah, you wouldn't go out to dinner with him after one day of him groveling. I'm sorry. Well, it's clear that she likes him. She doesn't want to admit it, but it's clear. So, of course, Jenna asks about Stefan. Elena hasn't heard from him in three days, which we know is how long Damon's been in the dungeon. So that's why he hasn't talked to her in three days. Although, would it kill him to send a text? But that's just me. Well, apparently he left a very vague message that was like, I'm busy. I'll talk to you later. And she was like, OK, that's like not a message that gave me anything. Like right after she had a conversation with him, that's like, you need to give me more information about your life. And he leaves a voicemail that says, I'm dealing with some things. And also, this is my thing. Bonnie told Stefan, Elena loves to text. You can text while you're taking care of Damon. Just be like, oh my God, I'm sick. I'm laying in bed these few days, but let's text. Yeah, he's not like watching Damon 24 seven. That's clear. So like, what is he doing? And in theory, you have someone else there. Well, I mean, he does have someone else there. He has Zach, but he doesn't want Zach to take care of him. Yeah, but like, what is there to take care of if you keep the door locked? I don't know. I think he's just a control freak. I guess that's true. But again, it does seem like even as a control freak, you can text once in a while. There are so many easy lies you could tell. Like, yeah, I'm sick. My uncle's sick. I had a family emergency. Someone died. I don't like there are so many directions you can go or like I'm bringing Damon to rehab. He's like been abusing drugs or some shit. Yeah. Drugs is a great excuse. I just feel like there's a million ways he could have gotten out of it. And he just chose to do a vague lie, which I mean, has been his M.O. this whole time. So I shouldn't be surprised. But he also shouldn't be surprised that that's not working. And Elena says, you know, I was going to write in my diary today, but you know what? I'm not going to be one of those pathetic girls who's whining over some boy who clearly is yanking my chain, which good for her. But then she later proves that she will be one of those girls and go right back to him. (laughs) But who wouldn't? He's really hot. So we go back to the Salvatore house and Stefan is like, hey, Zach, don't go in the basement, but I'm going to go to school. And Zach's basically like, this is dangerous. I'm really worried about everything that's happening. You came here to have a normal life. We need to take care of this Damon thing. Blah, blah, blah. You know, they're both worried about the same thing. So their their argument really isn't anything. Yeah, but Stefan's like, but I have to go to school. It's like, do you? What's going to happen? You're not going to graduate? He has to see Elena. He doesn't have to be at school the whole day. Exactly. And maybe, maybe just maybe, if he had been texting Elena this whole time, he wouldn't have to go to school. Yeah. But who am I? Again, I'm just a simple human girl. I don't know the, <laughs> I don't know the life of a vampire. Not my business. So we cut to Caroline's room and Caroline and Bonnie are chatting. Bonnie's holding a candle, trying to light it, I guess, with her mind. Caroline is like, you know, there's holes in my memory. I think Damon bit me. I think I liked it, but maybe I didn't. She's very confused. Yeah, as anyone would be in her situation. Plus, I mean, Damon was compelling Caroline when he was like dealing with her, but he drank some of her blood and then couldn't compel her after because he was immediately like knocked out. So Damon probably couldn't compel as much as he wanted to. So she's kind of got all messed up head right now. And then Bonnie picks up the crystal that Damon grabbed from the Founders Day party that Caroline ended up with. And Caroline's like, oh, he gave it to me. And Bonnie says, it's ugly, which I have to agree with her on that. (laughs) 
But they hang it up. They look at it. We get a little shot of it. So we know we're going to see more of this crystal. Well, and it's so funny because Caroline says, Damon gave it to me or he was going to give it to me. And it's like, neither of those are true. But you know what? Keep the crystal. But again, her brain's all messed up. Damon should have had a plan for that crystal. I mean, he had pockets. I know it fell out of his pocket is what we're meant to believe. He did have a plan. I think it just, he didn't know that he was going to be like poisoned and then it fell out of his pocket. And and now he's got bigger issues than the crystal at the moment. Yeah. Caroline did hang the crystal up right in her window, which feels like not the smartest place for it, but she couldn't know. Well, what's it going to do in her window? Is Damon going to see it and come get it? He already knows where she lives and he knows she's the most likely to have it. I guess that's true. She's not in any more danger. Yeah, that's true. And at least then he can grab it without bothering her. He can just go in and grab it without biting her again. Yeah, but I think he would bite her just for the fun. It's all about the hunt. (laughs) Yeah. And then we cut to the school and Caroline's in much higher spirits because she's talking about the event this week, which is the Sexy Suds Car Wash. Great name. Yeah, just iconic. And she makes it clear that everyone has to dress sexy. That's the theme. She's like, if the name wasn't clear, you have to be sexy or you straight up can't come. Which it's a CW show. Like they're going to dress sexy. We don't need to hit ourselves over the head with it. (laughs) Yeah. Like you could have done a car wash and everyone could have still dressed as sexy as they did or as not sexy as some did. We'll get to that. (laughs) Cough, cough, Stefan. But they didn't need to name it. But I think it's fun that they did. (laughs) (laughs) They're not pretending that it's anything but an excuse for everyone to wear a bikini. And some ugly shorts in in the room, as we'll see. Yeah. Okay, so then we cut to Bonnie and Elena, who are following closely behind Caroline. And they're like, oh, my God, she's so put together. And they're talking about how she's in denial. And up comes Stefan. And Bonnie's like, oh, I have uh, somewhere to be. She's like, I'm not listening to these two again. She's like, I have my own issues. I need to go. Exactly. So Stefan goes up to Elena and he's like, hey, listen, I'm really sorry. Um, I was dealing with Damon. And Elena says you were dealing with Damon for four days. Another example of why being so vague is like not serving him. Because like dealing with Damon is too vague. She's like, what would you possibly have been doing? Again, in Elena's knowledge, Damon was abusing her best friend and Stefan knew about it. And it seems like there's only a couple solutions there, like beat him up, tell him to leave town. Like there's only so many things that a human would think would happen from there. And none of them take four days of like radio silence. This is another case of like, why didn't he text her? Because, you know, I think the best possible lie he could have told, given that there were four days is like, oh, we brought Damon to rehab for drugs and whatever. He really pushed against it. And we had to work with his therapist, who Elena knows he has, quote unquote. And it took like a way longer time to get him in there than we thought. Mm -hmm. And I was just so distracted. Like that is the best he could have done. But still four days is a long time to not send a single text. I mean, yeah, what it would need to be is a serious, you know, excuse like that. And also because the way the conversation came up before, it kind of seemed like he knew it was happening and wasn't doing anything. So now you're going to spend four days doing something. And Elena already doesn't trust him at this point. So he's just digging a hole deeper and deeper. And before he can crawl his way out of it, Caroline comes out and she's like, hey, Stefan, where's Damon? And he's like, yeah, he left town. He's not coming back. So deal with that. And Elena's like, what? (laughs) That's the thing. Stefan gave more information about Damon to Caroline than he did to Elena. Yeah. He didn't even say that to Elena. She's like, oh, I didn't know he wasn't coming back. So things aren't going well for Stefan. No, they are not. So then we cut to the grill where Matt is playing pool. And Elena shows up and he's like, oh, do you want to play pool? Blah, blah, blah. And she's like, well, I'm waiting for Stefan. He's like, let's play while we wait. And so they play pool. And while they do that, we cut over to the Salvatore house where Zach is sitting upstairs and he hears a little cough and he walks 
down to the basement, even though Stefan specifically asked him not to. <laughs> and he starts talking to Damon and he tells Damon that he's full of vervain. And Stephanie, you made an interesting discovery in this scene. So because he says, oh, I've been drinking vervain in my coffee for years. Like my blood won't taste good to you. And I thought to myself, well, how has he been drinking vervain all these years if he's a vampire? And Grace so kindly pointed out, he's not a vampire. He's been a human this whole time. That just makes no sense to me. I had no understanding of that. I was convinced he was a vampire. So I was very confused. I don't really know how he got in this situation. Can I ask you, why were you so sure he was a vampire? Because he lived in the Salvatore house. Why did you live there if you weren't a vampire? Okay, let me ask you a follow-up question. How does someone turn into a vampire? They get vampire blood in their system and then they die. So it's not genetic. Well, I assumed that they were living with their vampire family. So are there other family members that aren't vampires in the Salvatore family? Well, it's just like any family. Like, just because you get turned into a vampire doesn't mean anyone else is going to. It's not like Twilight. Well, they weren't really a family either. They were like a... Well, but that's the thing is they weren't a family, but they all lived with other vampires. So it's not like that. But these two are actually siblings. So I guess I just assumed they were a family who like all decided to be vampires at some point. I see what you're saying, but you're making the assumption that people transform as families, like that people transform with other people. That's not the case. Yeah, but I just assumed they all like, why would he live with two vampires if none of the rest of their family does? Let me explain. I think you are dumb. No, I think (laughs) you're hung up on the idea that the Salvatores are a vampire family. Okay, well, we haven't been introduced to any of their other family members. Well, yes, that's my point. I guess, well, I assumed that they had other family members that had all died and that they decided to only live within their vampire family at this point. And so I assumed because Zach lives there, he's part of that vampire family. So I didn't assume every single Salvatore is a vampire, but I assumed if they were living in this house, that was the vampire crew. Okay, so let me explain to you one thing that is not super clear on the surface but I think it will help explain this to you, why they, why he would live there and why they would live there. First of all, they don't live in Mystic Falls full-time. They just came back. So this is a Salvatore house. It's a house that is a Salvatore family house. So likely, Zach lives there first. Actually, I know for a fact Zach lives there first and that Stefan just showed back up in town recently and he lives there because it's the Salvatore house. Here's the benefits if you're a vampire of living with a human. As we know, vampires need to be invited in, but that only applies if the person who owns the house is human. So if Zach's name is on the deed and is alive and owns the house, vampires can't come in okay? because they need to be invited in by Zach. But with Zach dead, now vampires can come in all they want because it's owned by two vampires. See, that makes more sense because I felt like you thought that it was insane that I thought that they would have another vampire family member. I understand the purpose of like having a human and the inviting rule, whatever. But like, I don't think it's that weird. I thought Zach was a vampire. Well, here's the other thing I would say is we never see Zach want to drink blood. We never see Zach give us any clues that he's a vampire other than him living in the Salvatore house. I just assumed he was very highly evolved. That's why I asked what he did all day. I was like, where's he eating? What's he doing? And I, we didn't get an answer to that. He probably has a job. Is his job just growing for vain and living there? Yeah, well, I mean, no. Then what's his job? We don't know because he's not an important character. Felt pretty important until he died. (laughs) Yeah, he's not important. That's the thing is, I think, unfortunately, you were blinded by your love for Zach. 
I got really attached to him really fast. One sweater and I was in. You thought we were going to get a lot more Zach content, which was why you were so concerned about what he did all day. I never had that thought when I've watched this. And I said this as it was happening. It was a roller coaster of an episode for me for that reason that I'm hit with the, the truck that he's not a vampire. And that was hard enough for me to swallow because he was a little hotter when I thought he was a vampire. I guess I should have thought being around that much Vervain as a vampire might have hurt him. Yeah, that didn't connect. I thought he could grow it and not eat it. But then 20 minutes later, he dies. It was like truck, train. I have been hit both directions and I, I'm going to miss Zach. I don't know why I got so attached to him. He's not even the cutest one on this show. And yet I love him. Yeah, we'll talk more about his death when we get there. But this is a good learning lesson. If someone's a vampire, we'll know. And also this probably clarifies for you. Remember when you were confused because Stefan called Zach Uncle Zach and Zach called Stefan Uncle Stefan? Yeah. It's because Zach is a human that was born much later than Stefan was. So Stefan's technically his uncle because he's older. Like I assumed that that timing happened, but I just assumed that Zach was like a newer vampire. And I think I said that at some point and you did not correct me. I don't think you did. You probably said like, oh, so Zach's younger. And in your mind, you're like, oh, he's a younger vampire. And in my mind, I was like, yeah, he's a younger human. And we both were like, that conversation went well. Yeah, we both said, okay, I understand. Next! <laughs> I am in full understanding. So here's my other question. Why did you think Stefan was telling Zach to stay out of the basement? Just because he was like a weaker vampire and like Stefan wanted to handle it. Sure, but Stefan eats squirrels. I guess you maybe assumed that Zach eats squirrels. I wasn't sure because I was like, where's he going all day? Maybe he's eating humans. I also thought that maybe Stefan was like, look, Damon's really charming. And like, okay, I don't want another person down there to like risk him tricking them. I understand that. I was wondering why you were so concerned what he did all day. I was like, who cares? He's a human. Well, I was also like, who cares? He's going to die in like two episodes. (laughs) But I obviously couldn't tell you that. Anyway, so basically Zach goes down to the basement and he's like, I came to say goodbye, Damon. And Damon uses his strength and grabs Zach by the neck and tries to kill him. But luckily, Stefan comes in and saves him at the last second. You know, and I was like, oh, thank God Stefan saved him. And just wait, just wait, Stephanie. (laughs) Especially because you just learned he was human. All of a sudden, he's in a lot more danger. Yeah. You really thought he was going to die right then. And then you felt... A great relief. I didn't think he was going to die right then because I was like, oh, Stefan's going to come home and save him because there's no way Zach is going to die this early. Yeah. And in a way you were right. So then we cut over back to Elena and Matt who are talking about Vicky and Jeremy and how it's kind of weird. And then, you know, Elena looks at her phone and Matt's like, how late is he? And Elena's like, he's an hour late. And Elena is like, I don't really want to talk about boy problems with you. And Matt's like, we used to be best friends. (laughs) And she's like, okay, do you like Stefan? Because he's been kind of secretive with me and I just don't. Don't really know. And Matt's like, look, he seems like a good guy. I think you should talk to him. Which so nice of Matt. He really is maturing right before our very eyes. Mm-hmm. You're kind of a Matt stan. I am kind of a Matt stan. I think he's a sweetie. He's really just looking out for what's best for Elena. And he knows that like, if they're somehow meant to be, she'll be back to him someday. And if not, then he can move on. I'm now not as mad at the perspective at a couple that I once predicted of Matt and Bonnie. And I am feeling like that's a good guess as we get further in because they're both kind of on their own paths now. And they both seem like genuinely good people. And I kind of would like to see them paired up. Just a thought. I guess we'll see. Then Stefan shows up and he's like, hey, sorry, I was late. 
something came up with my uncle. And so of course, Elena's still mad. Yeah, something came up is not an excuse, Stefan. When will you learn that? And Elena, again, is like, you couldn't have called me and told me you were running late. Again, Stefan needs to learn the modern Marvel that is texting. You know, him pulling Zach off Damon took two minutes. Not an hour. Yeah. What was the rest of the time? <laughs> He's like, I couldn't get a cab. No one would pick me up because I have veins under my eyes. Then you can run, bitch. Yeah, you have your vampire run. Be here in a second. Stefan's like digging his grave deeper and deeper. And I don't know if he doesn't sense it. But then as if they needed any more issues, they're about to walk away and talk because Elena was kind of encouraged by Matt, even though she's kind of pissed off. She's like not totally against it. And then an old guy comes up to Stefan and is like, hey, like, I recognize you. I can't believe it. You haven't aged a day. And Stefan, instead of saying like, oh, yeah, I look just like my dad or that's so weird. He's like, we need to go right now. And Elena's like, what's that about? He's like, uh, I don't know. Come on. Yeah, there are, again, it's just so many instances of Stefan like lying or like running away from something when he could come up with a really easy lie. Be like, oh, my God, maybe you knew my dad. We look so much alike. I've seen old pictures. It's crazy. Either that or just be like, no, you've got the wrong person. Sorry. And then just walk away and be like, that's crazy. I don't know what that's about. Well, I'll just be like, I guess I just have one of those faces. Yeah, Stefan tenses up too fast and it's like a dead giveaway. It's because he's, you know, a little high strung because he's only drinking squirrel blood. Yeah, and he's got his fucking brother in a dungeon at home and his uncle just almost got killed. He is having a hard day, but it's not that hard to lie is all I'm saying. Yeah, if you want to keep a secret, you got to lie a little bit better, Stefan. So then we cut to Elena writing in her diary a little bit, basically about how she doesn't really know what's going on. Fair enough. Then we cut to Logan talking to Sheriff Forbes. And she's like, my deputy searched the caves and all the surrounding areas around town. There's no signs of habitats that they've built. And Logan's like, okay, well, they're staying in town. And the sheriff's like, there's no trace of any vampire in any abandoned house anywhere. So they come to the conclusion that they're at a private residence, but they can't just search all the private homes to find the vampires. And Logan says, well, someone who only comes out at night should become obvious. So they know next to nothing about these vampires, it seems. Like, maybe they lived in caves at one point, but this house has been here for a while. I'm I'm assuming at least since the Civil War. Like, when they started saying caves, I was like, oh, do they not even know vampires are here? Are they thinking werewolves are here and they know even less? They don't seem to know very much. So it seems like the vampires are pretty safe for the time being. Well, we'll learn more as we go on what they know and how they know it. But basically, they know that Mystic Falls has had vampires in the past. I guess in theory, they wouldn't necessarily have been here when vampires were around. Well, they've all had different experiences. I think some of them might have been here when some were around, but we'll actually learn a lot in the next episode about this. It seems like, you know, it's the same families forever, which like nepotism, but whatever. Yeah, tell me about it. <laughs> it's like, can someone else be mayor? Like, can, yeah, can someone else be a reporter? Do I have to be a fell to get a journalism job? You would think there would be a big populism revolution in Mystic Falls. Maybe we were too early for that in 2009. I think everyone just moves. They're like, I'm never going to be a journalist here. <laughs> they gave it to another fell. Or they were like, I want to be a real journalist, not talk about Founders Day for a month. So I'm going to go to New York. But so maybe they pass these things down through their families since it's the same families. That's my current guess. But all this to say, they really don't know very much, it seems. They don't have any idea. I mean, they don't think they can walk in the daytime, which unfortunately is their biggest clue right now. And they believe it with absolute certainty. 
They're like, well, we know one thing for sure. They can't come out in the daytime. And it's like, you actually don't know that. Like that is a useless clue for y'all. I was concerned the end of last episode when they were like, oh my God, the vampire's back. I was like, well, they must know it's the Salvatores <laughs> because that seems very obvious from their house and their appearance and things. But they would see the Salvatores and be like, no, he's out in the sunlight. Okay. Next suspect. Cross him off the list. It's not Stefan. So then we cut back to the Gilbert house where Elena and Jeremy are talking. And Elena's like, oh, is Vicky in there? Jeremy's like, you know what, Elena? You should go get something to eat. And she's like, whatever. And she goes downstairs. She's like, Jenna? And it's not Jenna. It's Stefan cooking dinner. And he's like, you know, I know what you're mad at me. I know you want to dump me, but I'm going to tell you some stuff about me because I don't want to hide stuff from you anymore. And he also said, I'm going to cook chicken Parmesan, which is one of your favorites. Trash taste. Just kidding. I just don't like chicken Parmesan. <laughs> I understand why people like it, though. How do you not like it? I don't like marinara sauce. Stefan also mentions that he makes his own mozzarella. And I said, who? Hello. Yeah, Stefan <laughs> is, let's say it, he's hot. And him being Italian only made him hotter to me. I don't know why I didn't make the Italian connection before, but I, I'm a little stupid. Yeah, you also didn't know Zach was human. So you're having quite an episode of new information, aren't you? Yeah. So Stefan leads with, as he should, talk about Catherine. And he doesn't really say anything, but he at least says something enough to placate Elena. He basically says she was really beautiful and she had a great laugh, but she also had bad qualities, like she was, you know, a little entitled. She was really impulsive. He said, anyway, Damon claims that they met first and that he was with her first. And Stefan says, but I don't know. He said, basically, it was all pretty messy and I couldn't make it up to her before she died. So, Stephanie, does this change any theories about Catherine? Who, let me tell you, we're going to learn next episode. Oh, no, not really. I mean, it seems like you know, there's this fuzzy timeline of whether she was with Damon or Stefan, but this didn't really answer anything. Mm -hmm. He basically said like, oh, we both liked her. And then she died without us being able to fix anything, which like is kind of what it seemed like we knew already. Yeah. What we as the audience know, he is giving Elena more information than he's given her, but he's really giving her nothing. This is a masterclass in like, you know, when people write in college discussion posts like you know and just to piggyback off of that I also agree that this it's like you're agreeing without saying anything so then we cut over to Jeremy's room where Vicky's hanging out and Vicky's like that was really sweet of you to help Stefan and Jeremy's like yeah I'm really thoughtful and nice that's kind of my thing and Vicky's like anyway look what I got and she pulls out some of Elena's painkillers that she took from the medicine cabinet and then like pours them out and tries to crush them with this heirloom pocket watch of Jeremy's well it's worth mentioning that the pills are from like the crash where her parents died <laughs> yeah he's like those are left over from the car accident so she steals these pills and then she's like let's take them like she's not gonna miss them yeah Vicky's like she's not using them which she isn't but still read the room sweetie <laughs> just a misread and jeremy brings up he's like hey you know maybe we could just not get high every time we hang out and vicky's like how dare you suggest that yeah <laughs> i mean vicky clearly like has a little bit of a drug problem like no shade but it is like unfortunate that she chooses the pills from the accident and the pocket watch and like and then gets so mad when she's like what do you mean we don't get high and jeremy's like well what if we just hung out she's like that sounds literally disgusting <laughs> <laughs> so then we cut back to Stefan and Elena's little date and Stefan decides now he's the information he's going to tell Elena is things he likes, which again, they talked all night recently. I don't know how none of this came up. And he rattles off an insane list of things he likes, which of course I kept track of. Thank God. First of all, he's a fan of Fitzgerald. 
He loves the Great Gatsby. Who doesn't, first of all? Okay, Dan Humphrey. Yeah, it's like saying you love the Great Gatsby is like saying you like, like, I don't know, cheese. Everyone likes the Great Gatsby or they, you know, just say they do. It's the Great Gatsby. Yeah. Read another book. It is what it is. But then he also said, but I'm no snob. I also like Grisham, which is like an old man answer, by the way. But I'm like, okay, that's like a little better. At least it is like kind of pop in its way, you know, pop fiction. Mm -hmm. And then he switches over to talking about TV and he says he thinks that Seinfeld is the best TV show of all time. I do love picturing him watching Seinfeld as someone who never laughs. He's like Kramer and Stefan's like, Hmm. No, I, I want to picture him watching Seinfeld and just laughing hysterically. Like he never laughs in real life unless Seinfeld is on. The drugstore called, they're running out of you. And Stefan says, ah! And then Stephen goes up to Damon later in the day and he's like, hey, Damon, the jerk store called. They're running out of you. And Damon's like, are you watching Seinfeld again? I do wish Stefan was more like, Damon, will you stop being such a Kramer? You know, I wish he I wish he talked more about Seinfeld. <laughs> but he also mentions that he loves I Love Lucy. Again, it's like the great Gatsby. It's like you're saying you like a comedy TV show and you're saying that you like I Love Lucy. It's like, of course you do. Like, OK, give me something that tells me a little bit more about you. Like everyone loves I Love Lucy. You'd be crazy if you don't. He's picking the vaguest interests to have. And that goes to Seinfeld, too, that it's like, yeah. OK, but like, do you like anything that's unique to you? Yeah. And then he says he likes Scorsese, particularly Taxi Driver. Like, has he seen any movies in the last 10 years? Being a man is a disease. <laughs> yeah. Even <laughs> Stefan cannot escape. And then he talks about music and he rattled them off really fast. I think I got everyone. Bob Dylan, Jimi Hendrix, Patsy Cline, Willie Nelson. And then he says, but I do like Kanye. <laughs> he really said, okay, here are the basics. And Kanye did not age well. Again, being a white man is a disease. I wish he had said, oh my God, I love Love Story. Yeah, if only. He was like, I'm a Swifty. And then he said, I even like that one Miley song. And I want to know which one Miley song it was. So I'm going to do a little research. My guess is Wrecking Ball. I feel like that's his vibe. Yeah, it's weird that he says that one Miley song. So it would make sense that it would be like, one that was really in the national consciousness. Okay, so The Vampire Diaries premiered September 10th, 2009. And Party in the USA was released September 25th, 2009. Okay, so it must be Party in the USA. Yes. So it is confirmed Stefan is a Party in the USA stamp. Who isn't? Again, I love to picture like Stefan in his car and Party in the USA comes on and he's like, ooh, and he turns it up. Let's turn that shit up. He said, moving my hips like, yeah. And he also drops a little fun fact that he loves garlic. So we know garlic doesn't affect vampires in the Vampire Diaries. Yeah, that's nice. I would hate if I was a vampire and couldn't eat garlic. Yeah, honestly, if I started dating a boy and he was like, oh, I don't like garlic. I'd be like, that's a red flag. I'd be like, I have to go. I'd be like, you're a vampire. <laughs> My mom says I have to come home now. But of course, all the fun is short lived because Elena cuts her finger and bleeds. And of course, there's veins coming out under Stefan's eyes and Elena's washing the blood off her hands, but it also sees Stefan's face in the reflection of the window. So she sees the veins and she knows that that's weird. She's like, oh, Stefan, your eye. And she turns around and he turns around and he's like, oh, I guess I got something in my eye. And he like kind of breathes his way through it, gets rid of the veins. And then he turns around and he's fine. Like, at least wipe your eye. Yeah, at least be like, oh, my God, what was that? You know, like, I think I just scratched my eye after I touched the garlic or something. Yeah. But he's like, I'm all good. Yeah. <laughs> he really thinks she can't see anything. It was the same thing with the cut on the hand that he was like, 
Oh, no, I didn't have a cut. You can only explain away so many things. Yeah. Get it together, Stefan. Yeah, that's why Damon can have human blood because he can talk his way out of these situations while Stefan is like. (laughs) Exactly. So then we cut to Damon in the dungeon and he's like, Caroline, Caroline. And we cut to Caroline and she's talking to someone on the phone being like, no, you can't wear a one piece to the car wash. I'm going for a stripper pole vibe, you idiot. But then what appears in Caroline's window but a crow? Because <laughs> apparently we're still doing the crow thing. So she shoes it away. So for now, she's free of Damon. We'll see if that holds. And so then Stefan comes down to the dungeon and Damon's like, you know what? You won. You got me. But he says nothing can come between you and Elena except for the truth. I wonder when we'll learn. And then we cut to the main event of the episode, which of course is the sexy suds car wash. And the scene is set with a beautiful banner and the sweet, sweet sounds of 303's Don't Trust Me in the background. (laughs) It sounds sexy. I'll give him that. (laughs) Yeah, I would get my car washed. (laughs) We see Elena and Stefan at the car wash who are both like Elena's wearing a long sleeved shirt and Stefan's wearing a hoodie with a t-shirt. And a big hoodie. It's not like a form fitting one. I feel like we need to specify that. Exactly. And Caroline comes up to them and doing the Lord's work, she says, you guys are not sexy. (laughs) She could not have made it clearer. She's going for a stripper pole vibe. It's sexy. It's called the sexy suds car wash. You cannot be wearing a hoodie. So Stefan and Elena are like, fine, we'll dress a little sexier. So Stefan takes off his hoodie and is wearing like, again, a loose fitting t-shirt. And like jeans. (laughs) Yeah. And Elena takes off her like longer shirt and she's wearing like a tank top, but it's not like they're not dressed super sexy. They're just, you know, fine. Yeah. So they're like looking at each other, laughing, hee hee ha ha. And we cut over to Matt and Bonnie and Bonnie's like, you're pining. It looks so sad. Matt's like, no, it's not a big deal. Whatever, whatever. And then our new girl, Tiki, who we see in this episode, never see again. Basically, this guy comes up and he's like, can I get my car washed? And she's like, man, I get all the shitty cars. Your car is a piece of shit and it'll still be a piece of shit. It's like, girl, just wash this car. And that guy looked like mean. So I thought he was going to do something, but he just left. (laughs) He was like, "Okay, whatever. Yeah, it's like, first of all, that can't be the only ugly car you've seen today. It's a high school car wash. (laughs) Presumably your classmates are the ones getting their cars washed. And even if the car's ugly, why are you telling the driver? Just talk shit about it while you wash it like a normal person. So rude. And apparently Bonnie agrees. Yes. And Bonnie (laughs) is pissed off. So Tiki goes to fill up a bucket with water. And I guess Bonnie makes the hose really strong and splashes her with water. It's a pretty low stakes attack, but effective because Tiki is very shook up by it. And it's like, girl, you're wearing a bikini at a car wash. I mean, that wasn't completely out of the realm of possibility what was going to happen today. And then we cut over to Logan, who is reporting on this car wash, because I guess it's in honor of Mr. Tanner, who so tragically died last episode i'm saying tragically sarcastically because i don't care that he's dead yeah this horrible man dies so they're like i know what we'll do we'll have a sexy car wash yeah nothing says memorial car wash like stripper pole vibe yeah and jenna is watching him report and she's clearly into it then jenna and logan both make some comment about like filming the girls in bikinis because that's what everyone wants to see And Jenna is charmed by this conversation for some reason. Girl, love yourself. Something about Logan's hair. I don't trust him. I mean, I can't. I can't place it. I agree. I don't trust Logan at this moment in time. Mm -hmm. I'm keeping it vague for no spoilers. At this moment in time implies that eventually we will trust him. Maybe that's what I want you to think. Okay. See? So then we cut over to Elena and Stefan who are washing a car. And Stefan's got his huge ass gaudy ring on. 
And Elena's like, oh, I think you got soap on your ring. She's like, what is it? And he's like, oh, it's like a, a family crest from the Renaissance. It's an heirloom. I wear it all the time. And she's like, well, you should probably take it off while washing cars then, which is a totally normal concern to have for a normal ring. Yeah, she's like, I can put it in my bag if you want. And Stefan does react to this better than some pastimes because there's a version of Stefan that would be like, no, no, I can't take it off. But he was like, oh, no, I just like having it on. Yeah. He's like, oh, it's fine. I think he's getting a little more comfortable now that he's given her some information. Yeah, but it's probably too little too late. Yeah. So then Elaine is like, oh, Caroline, we're out of towels. And Caroline's like, I'll go get him. So Caroline walks to go get towels, but then she passes by a crow. And then into the school she goes. It's dark. It's the weekend. And there's shadows all around of Damon whispering to Caroline. It's all looking like it's going in that direction. But then we cut back to the car wash where who do we see? But our old friend from the grill who recognized Stefan. He's Tiki's grandpa. Tiki, our new favorite character who we'll never see again. Yeah. And Elena goes up to me. and She's like, hey, you knew my friend. How did you know my friend? And he said, oh, I used to stay at the old Salvatore boarding house when I just moved here. I met this guy while he was passing through town. You know, his uncle had just died from an animal attack. He was killed in the woods. And I met him briefly. And Tiki comes over and she's like, my grandpa's crazy. (laughs) But Elena keeps talking to him regardless. And he drops a couple identifying features, which is Stefan's problem. He drops, first of all, that his name was Stefan, which could be a family name, but still. He drops that he remembers his ring and his brother, Damon. And Elena's like, I'm not familiar with this story. And he's like, why would you be? It happened in 1953. Well, and it is like, there are a couple things that he could talk his way out of, but it's weird that it's at the same house. It's weird that it's his uncle and she knows he also lives with an uncle. And I think even with the Stefan name, he could have talked through that. Like, oh, it's a family name. Like it keeps getting passed down. But if it's both Stefan and Damon, it's like, a little harder to swallow. Well, yeah. And the guy says, oh, his uncle. And Elaine's like, oh, his uncle Zach. And he's like, no, his uncle Joseph. Yeah. <laughs> totally different name. Yeah. Not even close. So, you know, there's been enough little things. And this is kind of the cherry on top that Elena's like, something is up. So Elena goes up to Stefan and they talk about how Caroline left, whatever. And she says, hey, are there any other Salvators in Mystic Falls? And he says, no, we're all pretty much spread out. And she says, huh. Well, first he says, just my uncle, Zach. Right. And then we cut over really quick to Vicky and Jeremy, who are going to a cemetery to get high. And they pass a joint around and they're having a great time. Vicky's like, well, we can't just hang out in your room all day. So her alternative is let's go to a cemetery and get high. (laughs) So they're still getting high. It's just a new place. (laughs) Yeah. She did listen to his note. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They want to do something different. Unfortunately, It's smoking weed at a cemetery. Unfortunately, wrong part of the note, but exactly. (laughs) Note taken, but taken incorrectly. We cut over to Jenna, who is waiting for Logan to finish reporting. Elena's like, hey, your car has been done for 20 minutes. And Jenna's like, shut the hell up. (laughs) It's like, Jenna, go home. Okay, he ain't worth it, girl. Yeah, it's not worth your energy. There has to be someone else. Or you can be single. It's fine. Exactly. So then Elena's like, hey, is it okay with you if I ask Logan a favor? And Logan's like, well, I'm going to have to come over for dinner. (laughs) And she's like, "Mm, you can, but you're eating leftovers. It's like, girl, you're charmed, whatever. He's still coming over for dinner. Yeah. Just tell him he can come over for dinner and then don't let him come over. But whatever. I can't judge her too hard. And Elena's like, hey, I just want to look at like any archives that the town might have. It's for a paper. 
And he's like, yeah, of course I can do that. I can drive you there right now. And as she's leaving, she tells Jenna, don't tell anyone I left. I don't want Caroline to know. And I also don't want Stefan to know. So we cut back to Caroline, who's walking up to the Salvatore house. We can hear Damon say, Caroline, Caroline, there's crows leading the way. She makes it down to the basement and she found Damon. And she's like, what, how did I get here? And he's like, you know, I called you here, whatever. And she's like, my memory is all fucked up. I don't know what I remember. I remember everything differently. He's like, yeah, I did that. Whatever. Move on, honey. Yeah. He's like, that's really not the issue that you're here for at the moment. But he's like, I'm not really here to deal with that. He's like, I need you to open the door. And he tries to compel her. It's not clear if he actually compels her or not. We think he compels her successfully because she starts to open the door. And then Zach runs down really quick and stops her from opening the door. So we think, but it's too late. She's opened it just a little and Damon gets out and very quickly snaps Zach's neck. It's very sudden and sad. And in the Yeah, we're not going to see a funeral for Zach. No, he's pretty much done. <laughs> and it's sad because it's jarring because snapping necks is a very popular method of murder on this show. Oh. And so at this point, I'm kind of desensitized to it. But it is very jarring that first time. Well, it's very quick. So I was like, did he just snap his neck? And also because like, I guess why not do that to Zach who like, you can't drink his blood. It's full of a vein. Yeah. And all he's going to do is cause trouble for you. I mean, he probably could have just knocked him out. But at this point, he's mad at Zach for locking him up. And Zach did tell him, you know, like, oh, I have all this for vain, essentially. So I'm sure Damon's mad about that. Yeah. But it just, oh, it hurt. And, you know, again, I, I really had gone on this roller coaster of he was immortal and then he wasn't suddenly. Or I mean, I guess he was never immortal. But to me, it was very sudden. And now he's dead. Well, it's a good thing you learned he was a human before this happened or else you might have been confused when he got his neck snapped. Yeah, it would have been like, oh, can vampires not heal a snap neck? And you'd be like, why would that matter? Yeah, <laughs> like he's not a vampire. So here's my question for you. Do you think Zach is dead and gone for good or do you think he'll be back? I would really love for him to come back, but it seems like he's dead and gone for good. I'm holding out this hope that he somehow has vampire blood in the system. I'm going back to my um, previous very unlikely situation that like maybe Damon or Stefan like spilled a little blood or like they touched cuts on their fingers right before it healed. Like that somehow there was blood in his system and then he becomes a vampire. Cause I think he'd be even hotter as a vampire, but I think he's probably dead. I am not quite ready to fully say that because I am in denial, which is one of the stages of grief. <laughs> I don't know which one. I don't know how many more I have to go. I think it's the first. Yeah, I think it's one of the early stages. It's definitely early. Hopefully I get through the rest pretty soon. I probably will by the end of this podcast episode because he is a fictional character, but it hurt. I know. I felt really bad when we watched the pilot and you showed a lot of love for Zach because I knew he wasn't long for this world. I, I miss him already. But I mean, hey, you never know who's going to come back. I'm holding out so much hope. Like, obviously, Tanner, dead and gone forever. Bye. I don't have any interest. But Zach, please come back somehow. I'm calling to you specifically. I'm 2021. Please come back to life in 2009. <laughs> With Zach's corpse on the ground, Caroline runs out the door. And Damon almost catches her a few times, but he's kind of weak because he's, you know, not had blood in a few days. And luckily, she gets out the front door and Damon doesn't have his ring. So he can't go outside. Yeah, he starts sizzling a little bit because he gets a little bit of sun, which was a, a cool moment. You know, we hadn't really seen the exact type of that yet. 
But it does heal up. Yeah, so that's what happens when they get sun to touch him. They sizzle. So then we cut back to the sexy suds car wash, of course. And Tiki tells Bonnie that she has to, like, clean the pavement. And Bonnie's like, it's a car wash. Like, the pavement is, by definition, clean right now. Which is a great line and very true. And Tiki's like, well, it's not dry, so you need to sweep it up. And Tiki's like, Caroline left, so I'm in charge. Which, I don't know if that's true, but Tiki seems to be important to this car wash. Yeah. Even though she's not important to the show, I can't stress enough. We will never see her again. I'm not, I'm not like trying to be vague about non-spoilers. We will never see Tiki again. <laughs> but everyone's talking to her like she's like a familiar friend of theirs. Like Matt calls her Teak at one point. Yeah. So anyway, Bonnie's annoyed that she has to sweep up some water. So naturally, like anyone would, she starts a fire and it catches some gasoline and it lights a car on fire. And she's just staring at it, like watching it burn. Everyone's like, that car's on fire, like screaming. And then Stefan runs up and he's like, hey, Bonnie, are you okay? You're like in a trance. And as soon as he shakes her, the car, like the fire goes out. Well, I'm thinking Stefan, you know, he asked her some questions about the witch lineage at one point. So I'm thinking he knows she's a witch. I'm thinking he's aware of that. And so he saw her in a trance and was like, I better stop her from burning this fucking car. And she's like, do you think anybody else saw? To which I was like, it was a car on fire, Bonnie. But then you pointed out that it was probably, do you think anyone saw it was her? Which again, why would they suspect that? Yeah, if I'm at that car wash, I'm like, oh, well, okay, that's good. Just went out. That's nice. (laughs) All right. So then we cut to Elena and Logan at the news station. And Logan basically explains how, you know, search by the keyword, whatever. It's pretty easy to navigate. But he has to leave because he has to go report on the fire at the car wash, (laughs) even though he just left there. And he's like, oh, well, you put in a good word for me with Jenna. And she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, this is funny because, as we know, she's about to search some vampire information. And if Logan had just stayed for like five minutes, he could have seen who the fucking vampire is and that, you know, he's able to walk in the sun but dumbass little logan had to go report on a fire that's already out yeah he really was like yeah lana's definitely looking up this for a report which i guess why would he think she wasn't but he said oh i have to go back and film the girls in the bikinis now that there's a fire and i actually have a reason yeah it's it's ironic that he he would have saved himself a lot of trouble had he just stayed but how could he have known yeah exactly so then we cut back to vicky and jeremy in the cemetery Vicky tosses like a pill bottle over to her friends and it's the painkillers from the house. Like Vicky, Jeremy made it super clear that that was not cool with him. And maybe she couldn't have known that her friends would read it, but her friends basically announced like, thanks, Elena Gilbert. Well, she had to know that like they would notice it was gone. I think she just really thought that like Jeremy like was like a little nervous about Elena seeing it, but wouldn't really care. Yeah. Because, you know, he is a drug dealer. So I think- she assumes he's on the same page of like, let's do drugs all the time. Mm -hmm. I mean, we don't know a lot about his drug habits, I guess. I guess he sells her pills in the past. We've only seen, yeah, we've only connected him with weed, but if he gives her pills, I don't know why she wouldn't, why she would assume that he didn't do pills. But Jeremy really quickly lashes out about it and basically says, he's like, I'm leaving. Your friends are a bunch of waste of space, small town lifers, which of course Vicky connects that to herself because how could she not? And Vicky says, you know what, Jeremy? You don't understand. Your parents died. You're having a hard time. You're going through it, but you're going to come out the other side later and you're going to tell all your, you know, all your friends when you're an adult all about how you made it through your dark period. And I'm just going to be here. A waste of space, small town lifer. And he's like, you're different. She's like, no, I'm not. And you know what? If I wanted to be talked to this way, I would go be with Tyler. 
And she's right because like he's in a nice big house. He's got a nice supportive family and he's like going through his dark period, but he'll get out of it. And she's like, look, this is who I am. And I thought you liked me for that. But if you're going to like talk down to me, which like he could be concerned about her safety with the pills, but that's not what it feels like it's coming from. Mm -hmm. Like, it seems like he was like, oh, well, like now I want to change you. And that's what she said. She was like, I don't want you to change me. I'm good with this. Yeah. She's like, I don't feel like I need to change. And if you do, that's on you. And that was the nice thing about Tyler in his way. I mean, Tyler was obviously not a very good, like, quote unquote, boyfriend to her because I say quote unquote because he wasn't really a boyfriend, but at least he was like, hey, this is who she is. He still didn't want to introduce her to his parents, but he didn't want to change her so that he could introduce her to his parents. Yeah, it's another case of Vicky having two boys. Neither of them are doing the right thing, but they're both like doing the wrong thing in different ways. She deserves better. So then we cut back to the car wash and Stefan goes up to Matt. And he's like, hey, have you seen Elena? Do you think she went home? And Matt takes this opportunity to be like, look, I just want you to know Elena's really big on trust. So if you're hiding something, just tell her it's going to be better off. And yeah, Stefan's like, mm, whatever. <laughs> he's like, you don't really understand, but thanks. <laughs> so then we cut back to <laughs> Elena at the news station and she searches like Joseph Salvatore animal attack and immediately finds the clip she's looking for. Great system they've got set up at the news station. Yeah. And there's yet another fell reporting on an animal attack. And he's like, oh, there was an animal attack. Someone's dead, whatever, whatever. And then he's like, oh, zoom in on the body to the cameraman, which in the 50s, could they really zoom in on cameras? Whatever. I'm nitpicking. I don't know the history of cameras. And if I were to nitpick every little thing about the Vampire Diaries, I'd be here all day. I'm accepting that they had yeah. a zoom feature on this camera. Well, then he's like, oh, my God, is that the nephew? Yeah. So they zoom in on someone in the background and it could not more clearly be Stefan. And he's just standing there staring not moving. It's an HD camera. We get a full shot of Paul Wesley just looking. It gives you a good chunk of time for her to be like, am I sure? Yeah, I'm sure. Like, that's definitely Stefan. Like, if it was a second, she could have been like, I'm seeing things. I'm paranoid. But it was like, he didn't move at all. Very good camera quality. Yeah. For 1953, it's like, okay, um, I don't really think so, but that's fine. So then we cut over to Caroline, who's like moping in her bed and her mom, the sheriff, comes in and she's like, you OK? Is it a boy thing? And Caroline's like, if I had boy problems, I'd talk to dad. At least he's successfully dating one. So we learn a little bit about their relationship here and that it's pretty stunted, which is not entirely shocking. I mean, it's clear that Caroline is like in kind of a, a little bit of a rebel phase and her mom seems to be, you know, she's a sheriff, so she's got to be really into the rules. And her mom also only ever wears her sheriff outfit which bugs me uh, to no end. I can't even describe it. Like, wear another outfit. Well, that's a sheriff in every small town TV show. When did the sheriff in Teen Wolf ever not wear his outfit? But you like him. I guess I'm being anti-feminist. Yeah, you're, be you're being sexist because you wouldn't say that about Sheriff Stalinsky in Teen Wolf. I think I mostly hate her hair. And I think I would like her hair better if she wore something more feminine. So I am being sexist in this case. So I- Well, and you're being like, women need to dress feminine. I do apologize for that. I just wish she would wear something else. <laughs> but unfortunately, that's the way you feel. In this one case, this woman needs to dress more feminine. I mean, I don't mind, but I guess I'm more evolved. I think it's because it's such a stark difference between her and Caroline that you can kind of see why Caroline would connect more with her gay dad. Sure. So then we go to the end of the episode and we cut from character to character to kind of see what they're up to. First of all, we see Stefan find an empty cell and Zach's dead body. So that's tough for Stefan. Yeah, that's got to hurt. 
from what we see here, Zach looks pretty dead. Stefan cradles him. Okay, here's a question. If someone dies, can you like real quick put some vampire blood in their system? Or does it have to be before they're dead? It has to be before they officially die. Like, okay, so if they're like still hanging on to life, you can do it really quick, but. They have to be able to drink it. Like, oh, I mean, well, no, not necessarily. But like if someone is like, if there's a dead body right there, you can't put vampire blood in it because they're, it can't do anything at that point. Yeah. But if they're like hanging on to life even a little bit, like vampire blood will help. And then if the vampire blood goes in and let's just say this works. Let's say you got your neck snapped and your name is Zach. Yeah. And you're like, you have like brain function, but you're essentially brain dead like a vegetable. Like let's assume that's somehow the situation with this. So then if Stefan gave him blood, would that all heal and he'd be like good again? Or would he just be a vegetable who's also a vampire? I mean, this is something that maybe you've been able to piece together. They haven't told us yet. And I don't feel bad telling you this. It's not that much of a spoiler. Vampire blood will heal humans. Okay, that's what I kind of thought. So like if he broke his neck, but it didn't kill him and he had vampire blood, it would heal him. Okay, so there's hope. But if he's dead, you can't like put vampire blood in and now he's alive. What really happens is that if someone's getting fed vampire blood while they're about to die, usually they won't finish dying. Okay, that's what I kind of thought. Yeah, so you kind of need to be a little more prepared to turn someone into a vampire. I'm just thinking maybe, although, you know, he lifted Zach and cradled him and he probably would know if he was alive or dead. So I'm just holding on to what little hope I can at this moment. Yeah, I understand. It's (laughs) basically if they're dead, vampire blood can't do anything. Okay. So then we cut to Caroline. She's looking at the gem, whatever. We cut to Bonnie going to her grandma, finally being like, I don't know what's wrong with me. And Bonnie's grandma is like, I know what's wrong with you. I've been telling you, you're a witch. Yeah, her grandma's like, I don't know how many times I have to tell you this. Like, I guess you're finally ready to hear it. I get, I can imagine it might be hard. So then we cut to the Gilbert house and Logan is like digging in Jeremy's room and he finds the pocket watch and he grabs it and he leaves the room, but runs into Jeremy. And Jeremy says, hey, what are you doing up here? And Logan says, I'm looking for the bathroom. And Jeremy knows something's up, but I mean, I don't think he knows that the pocket watch is gone yet. But he's like, okay, whatever. Yeah, because why would he think this guy was, this random guy was stealing a pocket watch? But it does make sense that he might be looking for the bathroom and might have accidentally gone to Jeremy's room. That's a good lie. Yeah. Um, And then we cut to Elena putting the pieces together. She's kind of like picturing all these little clues she has and all the little doubts she has. All pieced together with the fact that the seed of vampire was planted when Vicky said it was a vampire and Matt told it to Elena. Even though it seemed jokey, that seed has been planted. And the fact that he seems to have been alive forever and heals magically. I mean, she has enough information that vampire is not as huge of a leap as it might have been two episodes ago. Yeah, it seemed like a big leap at like when she first started thinking. I was like, how's she going to figure this out now? She doesn't really know enough that I would naturally get to vampire. But when you went through all the clues, I was like, okay, yeah. When you take all these little things together, like I can see that process. And at least she knows like something's up. Mm -hmm. And he joked vampire. And that's not that far off, it seems. I mean, she saw Caroline's bite. She can make these connections. So then we cut to the cemetery. Vicky's kind of moping, but she's still there with all her friends doing drugs. And the music turns off and they're like, oh, Vicky, go play the music again. It's playing from the truck. So she walks over to the truck a little bit of ways and 
Damon is like breathing heavily at the edge of the truck. She doesn't recognize him, which would have been helpful if she did, but how helpful? I mean, we're delaying the inevitable here. And he's basically like, I have something to tell you, come closer. And she goes close to him and he bites her and he is drinking for a while. Yeah, he chomps for a while and then he comes up and takes a breath. I was like, okay, she she might not be dead. And then he goes down for another chomp. So uh, things do not look good for Miss Vicky. Do you think Vicky is dead? I think so. You find it hard to believe that she wouldn't be dead. Yeah, I think that, I mean, he hasn't had blood in like probably a week, give or take. And he's like been all week from the vervain. I think even if he wanted to not kill Vicky, it would be hard for him. Mm-hmm. So that'll be sad for Matt, if so, because it's his sister. I feel like that's very easy to forget. I forget it every time. Yeah, exactly. They don't talk much. I just want to throw that in. I mean, it would be sad, but I I have a hard time believing she's going to make it out of this one alive. Fair. And then we close out the episode with, we're back at the Salvatore house. Stefan grabs a wooden stake and he's about to go run out, presumably to find and kill Damon, but he opens the door and who is standing there but Elena? Elena, who has just started to make this vampire connection, and he's standing there with a wooden stake. And Elena's like, what are you? Which she kind of already knows. Yeah. But that's where we end our episode. Quite a cliffhanger. And if Stefan was bad at the simple lies, there's no way he's going to not. I mean, he has to tell the truth at this point. There's no way to talk himself out of this at this point. So even if you hadn't said we were going to get some answers next episode, I would be pretty convinced that we are. I mean, yeah, even last episode, it was getting to a point where it was going to be like really hard. Yeah. So it's a jam-packed episode. Next week, we'll find out what happened to Vicky. We'll find out maybe more about Zach. I am praying <laughs> that somehow Zach is a vampire. Praying. I would happily give up Vicky if it meant Zach came back. <laughs> I'm so sorry to Vicky. Also next week, we're going to get a lot of answers actually. So that's exciting. That'll be a fun one to recap. Exactly. But- That's all for next week. So until then, we'll see you next week. Goodbye, brother. Goodbye, brother.